Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We recently spent a season celebrating Jesus' birth. And soon we'll be celebrating his death and his resurrection. As I began to look forward to these next few weeks, I thought it would be appropriate to use this period to kind of fill in the time between those two events. However, as I began to actually outline a plan to do this, I quickly realized that in my naivety, I was trying to fit a lifetime full of sermons into a few weeks. I, I would still like to try and address it as much as I can. Uh, so I'm going to focus on specific events, try and fill in the intervening period with some context for us, and we will see how far we get by the time Easter comes along. Uh, let's open quickly with, with prayer. Holy Father, please draw us close to you. Fill each of us with your spirit so that this message will be clearly spoken and clearly heard. Use these words to enrich our understanding of your word and deepen our faith. Work your spirit in our hearts so that we do not miss an opportunity to become more like Jesus. Jesus' name. Today we're going to focus on Matthew chapter 4, verse, verses 1 through 11. And if you have headings or if you're familiar with this, it's commonly called the temptation of Jesus. But before we get there, like I promised, I'd like to quickly touch upon what little we know of Jesus' boyhood after the family returned to Galilee from Egypt. Most of what we know of this time period comes from Luke chapter 2. And before the age of 12, Luke says of Jesus only, the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Later, as he visits the temple at the age of 12, we read, everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And then Luke sums up the next 18 years or so of Jesus' life in verse 52. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. We know that Jesus grew up in Nazareth, had brothers, and presumably being trained to be a carpenter by his stepfather, Joseph, Jesus spent the next 30 years employed in that profession, living as a middle-class craftsman in the crowded Jewish enclave of Nazareth in rural Galilee ruled over by the monarchy of Herod's family under the authority of the Roman government. And you can see, I put a map up here. It helps me with geography. So Nazareth is way up top, if you can squint and see it up there. Um, so he was really in a very rural, secluded area. Hearing John's message, Jesus traveled south to the Jordan to be baptized. Matthew 3, 16 through 17, we read, As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, 
This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Which brings us right up to the scripture we'll be discussing today, Matthew chapter 4. After the baptism, Jesus is led quickly into the wilderness by the Spirit, so that he could be tempted, so that he could be tested by the devil. In Mark, it says, at once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness. This is a picture of the Judean wilderness. It's beautiful, but it's very rugged country. Mountains, cliffs, and hills stand alongside plateaus, riverbeds, and deep canyons. The width and breadth of the desert is crossed by several rivers that have created canyons up to 500 meters deep. Some of these rivers have water all year round and create oases. The ancient cliffs on the eastern edge of the desert tower to a height of 300 meters above the shores of the Dead Sea. And this is where the Spirit led Jesus to be tempted. If you remember that map, it's between the Jordan and Jerusalem. Before Jesus began his ministry of redemption, he had to first undergo the temptations that each of us suffer. He had to overcome them. How could Jesus possibly pull us from the pit of sin where we are trapped if he might slip into it himself? How could he defeat our jailer if Jesus bowed a knee to him? The question here is, would Jesus take his place alongside Adam as a sinner, or would he be obedient to the Heavenly Father's will? In Romans 5.19, we read, For just through the disobedience of one man the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of one man the many will be made righteous. And so the Spirit led him into this wilderness to face this test. And Jesus prepared himself there by fasting for 40 days and nights, alone in the wilderness, communing with his Father. Turn to Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. After fasting for 40 days and nights, he was hungry. He, his body was at the point of starvation. It takes about 8 to 12 weeks to starve to death depending a little bit on how much fat you have and your general health. And starvation causes the body to lose that fat and muscle mass as it breaks down all these tissues for energy, as it consumes the body for energy. This causes impulsivity, irritability, hyperactivity. Even moving can become painful as your muscles atrophy. Jesus was probably as physically weak as he had ever been in his adult life and probably ever would be perhaps, until perhaps those final hours before his death. And it's here in this weakened physical state that the tempter comes to him. About 40 days ago at his baptism, God thundered, This is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. But here Satan begins mockingly, If you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. This is a subtle temptation. Did Jesus have the power to turn the stone to bread? Sure, sure he did. 
If he had wanted to, he could have made the stone a Krispy Kreme and had those warm donuts falling off the conveyor. <laughs> Is it wrong to create food supernaturally? No. Later, Jesus would feed 4,000 men and the women and children who were with them with seven loaves of bread and just a few fish. So if it's not wrong to create food, and Jesus had the power to create food, where is the danger here? This was the temptation to exercise personal selfish authority, to do what would satisfy his own desires outside of God's will. You were the son of God, you were born in a stable. You're the son of God, you were raised in a carpenter shop in a small crowded town of Nazareth. You spent 30 years of your life as a nobody but you're the son of God. If you are really God's son, why don't you feed yourself? If you have this power, why don't you use it? If you really are the son of God, grab some satisfaction. You're entitled to it. Who could possibly blame you for creating a loaf of bread before you starve? What difference would it make? Isn't it inconsequential? We hear the same whispers in our hearts You've got a lot to do today. Don't worry about Bible study and prayer. You were going to get up and help with that project, but you were up a little late. Go ahead, sleep in. Tithing. Tithing is important, but you really need that new car. Splurge, tell that white lie. Take care of yourself. Why wait on God? Who will know? Who will care? Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. This is a quote from Deuteronomy 8. And to get the full context of it, I'd like to read 8, 1 through 3. Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today, so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and to test you in, order that you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord." There's some similarity here between the nation of Israel and the testing of, of Jesus. Israel was led by God into the wilderness, into a land where they could not provide food for themselves. It just wasn't there. And God asked them to trust him to provide. And he did. He provided in a miraculous way, one that they could not have known or predicted, manna from heaven. Through this, they were taught that they were taught to trust God to provide their needs in his time. I wonder sometimes how many blessings I have missed because I've given up on God's leading too soon. And impatiently I've turned around and returned to Egypt, or I've created my own bread. When God leads us in his purpose, we're sometimes asked to wait in his timing. And that's hard. And it's hard to discern sometimes as well but we're asked to wait so that he can provide for us in his way, which is always better than our way. Jesus did not turn this rock to bread, but we see at the end of the temptation, angels attended him. And I bet it was much better than 
rocky bread. Satan understands this. He understands this concept. He understands Jesus' faith in the Father, and he moves on. Matthew 4, verse 5. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus and the devil go to the holy city, which is Jerusalem. We aren't told how they get there. Presumably, presumably, they're transported mystically somehow. Some people think or would argue that this is a vision as well as the next temptation. Uh, perhaps. Um, I don't see any reason not to believe that there isn't power enough for, for the devil or Jesus to be transported there, literally, as, as it seems to indicate. The devil takes him to the highest point of the temple. Herod had a royal portico, portico built in the southern wall of the Temple Mount. The southeast corner of that overlooked a deep valley. If you were on the portico on the Temple Mount, you would be looking straight down 450 feet. And for me to picture that, it's about 40 stories in a modern skyscraper. Standing there, Satan makes his next proposition. So Jesus, you claim to trust God? There's this scripture I know from Psalms that says angels will guard and keep you safe. If you're the son of God, show me how much you trust your father. Throw yourself off. Trust God to send his angels to catch you. Descend to the ground in front of the temple. In the arms of these angels, show the world that you are the son of God. Jesus answered, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, Jesus quotes from Deuteronomy in chapter 6, 6.16. Do not put the Lord your God to the test as you did at Massa. Massa. In Exodus 17, the Israelites were in the wilderness where God had led them. And as they sometimes did, they began grumbling. They were thirsty. They had no water. They began to ask, where is God? Didn't he promise to take care of us in this wilderness? Maybe we should just pack up and head back to Egypt. Is God here? Does God care? What do his promises mean? God tells Moses to strike the rock with the staff and water is provided. But Moses admonishes them for this in Exodus 17.7. He called the place Massa and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Is the Lord among us or not? Massa and Meribah, testing and strife. You see, there's a difference between walking in God's will, trusting that God will take care of you in the wilderness, and between putting yourself in the wilderness and demanding God take care of you. When you read, Yea, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. This doesn't mean we should be searching for the valley of the shadow of death and put ourselves in it so that he will have to comfort us with his rod and staff. We have to be very careful not to presume on the promises of God, but make every effort to walk in his purpose. We should not try to force God's promises for our benefit. 
But instead, we need to simply walk in his will and benefit from his promises. During the U.S. Civil War, Abraham Lincoln met with a group of ministers for a prayer breakfast. At one point, one of the ministers said, Mr. President, let us pray that God is on our side. Lincoln responded, no, gentlemen, let us pray that we are on God's side. Jesus has absolute confidence in his father's protection, but he knows that it would be contrary to his father's will to throw himself off a parapet just to prove that, to manipulate God into sending angels to rescue him. And Satan quickly understands this as well, and he throws all subtleties aside as he makes his last attempt. Matthew chapter 4, verse 8. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. Subtlety's gone. This time the devil offers Jesus the world. He takes him to a high mountain, gives him a view of all the world's kingdoms, majestic Egypt, powerful Greece, Rome at the center of the world, with their magnificent architecture and their stored treasures, all those wonders of the ancient world. And he says, Jesus, all these things could be yours. You just need to bow down and worship me. I think we need to take one moment here and ask, did Satan have the authority and power to make that offer? Well, in John 12, 31, Jesus refers to Satan as the prince of this world. Certainly, there must have been some authority behind this offer for it to be tempting at all. If I were to stand here and say, I will sell you the island of Manhattan for $100, are any of you going to beat a path up here to give me $100? (laughs) Nobody's going to give me money to buy an island that I don't have the authority to sell. Of course they're not. There is no temptation if you don't know that I have the authority to sell it. So there is something here in the offer. The temptation is real, but it's, it's also false in a very real way. Jesus is already destined to be the king, the ruler of the earth. And not this broken down, cursed world, but a renewed earth with nothing impure in it. But to get there, he has to suffer the cross. If he chooses here to compromise, he may not have to suffer the cross, but his rule would be under Satan and not God. The world would remain in its sinful, broken state. And we, we would all be destined to die in our sin. Thankfully, this is not something Jesus even considers. And you get the sense from his words that this time Satan has gone too far. Away from me, Satan. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. Jesus endured the temptation that we endure, and he overcame it, clearly demonstrating his power over Satan. And through his example, we see that overcoming temptation 
It's all about trusting and obedience to God's will. Certainly, knowledge of the Scripture deepens that faith, and we should study Scripture diligently. But overcoming temptation is about our heart. It's about the trust we have in God's will for us and our obedience to the will. When the devil asked Jesus to turn the stone to bread, he responds that he will trust God to provide what he needs in his time and in his purpose. When asked to test God's promise, Jesus responded that trying to manipulate God's promise is contrary to God's will. And when asked to worship Satan in exchange for the world, Jesus made it clear that the only one worthy of worship is God. And he banishes his tormentor. Nobody can promise you that obedience to God's purpose and will will bring you a life free from suffering. We only need to look at Christ's example to refute that. What I can tell you is no matter how many trials you undergo in this life, no matter how much suffering you endure, if you accept that Jesus died for your sin and ask him into your heart, your sins will be forgiven. And on that day when he returns to claim his kingdom, you will receive a final blessing of life eternal with God. Let's pray. Father, we are sinners, and we often fail to trust you and live in obedience to your commands. Perfect obedience is beyond us. Thank you, Lord, that we have a high priest that has suffered temptation as we suffered but overcame it. Thank you that we have a Redeemer that stands in our place so that his righteousness can cover our wretchedness. Help us to use his example to better overcome all the temptations in our daily life. Help us to deepen our faith in you so that we can become more and more like Jesus. Amen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.